Hi, and welcome to another great message from Noosa Church. We pray that you're impacted and inspired by this teaching. For more information and service times, check out our website at noosa.church. Enjoy. Why don't you open your Bibles to uh, the book of 1 Peter. Do you like that um, Raise a Hallelujah song? There's a real shout in the church at the moment. Have you noticed that? I can actually hear people shouting. I think it might be Nathan Harris behind me probably shouting. But um, it, it, there's a real shout in the church because I think there's the revelation that God, He, he has liberated us. And uh, He wants us to be, a, He wants us to, to, to understand the gravity of the liberty that we have. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1 to 11. It's up on the screen for those of you who don't have a Bible. Start with the elders. We've got a great um, um, healthy eldership in the church. Uh, one of our elders, Dominic Sheridan, will be bringing the elders report at the AGM this morning, so I encourage you get tickets because it's going to be great. The elders who are among you, I exhort. I, who am a fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, not as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory does not fade away. So the elders get all that, and then the young people get this. Likewise, younger people, submit to your elders. But yes, all of you, be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect Establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Powerful words. I want to focus this morning on on verse 6 and 7. Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Today we're going to we're going to take a moment and we're going to we're going to contemplate and discuss humility and uh, and its sources of humility. What is humility? Basically, for me, it's just a deep sense of my unworthiness before God, my capacity and His capacity. When you know, when I when I have a sense of his capacity versus mine. I have. I am humbled by that. That is. That is what humility is. And and when is it? 
When, is, when are we humble? A person is humble when they stand in the truth with a knowledge and appreciation of themselves as they really are. When we stand in the truth and we get a glimpse of ourselves, that's when we become humble. Actually, anyone who sees and experiences themselves as they are really and truly will actually have no difficulty be, being humble. When we actually catch a glimpse of our capacity and the need that is around us and the, and the world that we live in, it's a lot easier to be humble. Why two things become very clear. By the way, we, we see and experience it when we, when we have an experiential glimpse of the comparison between God and us. Have you ever had an experiential glimpse of the capacity between God and you? I mean, I sit on a few boards and committees around the place these days and, uh, you know, I'm regularly surprised by what I don't know compared to the other people on the boards and the committees. I bluff my way through it and people think I'm very wise, but I actually have no idea what I'm talking about a lot of the time. See, this is humbling for me. It's humbling to sit in a room of people that are smarter than you. I sit on the, on the committee of management here with, with, with Ben and others who, who, when it comes to resource management, these, these, these men and ladies on our, on our board are uh, highly intelligent. And uh, it's humbling to submit yourself, to submit your decisions to those that are smarter than you. But it doesn't end there. You see, I'm... On some of these boards and committees that I sit on, you know, these are, these are some of the most well-read people of knowledge, respect, and substance. Do you know what? They cannot see their way through some of the challenges that are in front of them. I'm humbled between myself and them. But the reality of where we are as a, as a humanity, the, the reality of where your organisation sits or where our politics sit or wherever they are, the people, the smartest people in the room, are out of their depth when it, look, when it comes to looking at the decisions going forward. You know, I was sitting in a meeting recently and in the middle of giving my rant or argument on what I believed on a subject, I was, I was stopped in my conversation to the point where people noticed and I got the revelation that not only was I inadequate to make these decisions, that we were all inadequate, to make the decisions. To the point where you know, I was overwhelmed in the moment. You know when you, they say you know, you've got a frog in your throat? You know when you feel that, that, that tension in your throat? I was in, the, in a meeting and I felt that and I thought, wow, we actually don't have the capacity to get through this on our own. Two things. First thing is we see clearly the weakness of the human condition. When you get a glimpse of yourself, when you get a comparison of yourself versus others, we get a glimpse of the human condition. When you get a glimpse of the, the incapacity of your leadership, we see it in our nation today, we, we get a glimpse of the leadership of our nation and go, wow, our leaders are inadequate to take our nation to where it needs to go. The human condition becomes very real and we're humbled by it. And the crazy thing is we know that while we live on this earth, we'll never be entirely free in this life. We'll never be entirely whole. We will never be perfect in this life. None of our strategies are perfect. None of us are worthy. 
And the second thing you'll realize is this. We'll recognize the supreme goodness of God. You see, when you get a glimpse of yourself, when you have an experiential revelation of who God is, you get a revelation of who you are and you get a revelation of who God is. And when we recognize the supreme goodness of God, he is in himself and his overflowing abundant love for man, then we get a great glimpse of what we call perfect humility. There's that great scripture of, of in, in Romans chapter 2 that says the goodness of God leads us to repentance. What does repentance look like? Before the goodness of God, here's what happens. Goodness of God leads to repentance. Before the goodness of God, what happens? Nature trembles. Beauty pales. The wise look like fools. Knowledge seems like emptiness and we all become blinded by the glory of God. You see, when we get a glimpse of God's magnificence, we understand our size. We we right-size us before God. And here's the beauty is because here's the beauty of being right-sized by getting a glimpse of God instead of getting a glimpse of yourself between you and another person. A a, A realization of your comparison to God leads to what? It leads to faith. Because when you get a glimpse of your size compared to God, you go, I'm going to put my trust in him. But the humility arising from human comparison is an imperfect humility. When, you, when, when Ben comes up and says, I've got to follow the radio guy, you know, when we say, when my voice is compared to, to, uh, to, to Jordan's voice singing, you know, when, when you compare yourself to someone else, what does it do? It, it diminishes you. We don't, we don't, it doesn't add faith to our lives. When we're diminished by God, where our faith gets put in him, when we're diminished by humanity, our faith disappears and we, we crumble before it. In fact, we avoid situations. It actually turns to pride, doesn't it? A realisation of your comparison to people leads to pride. Why does it lead to pride? Because we avoid those people who make us feel lower and we start hanging around people who make us feel higher. This is the beauty of the revelation of our capacity compared to God's capacity. Everything changes at that point. Everything changes when you compare yourself to God. We start making statements like, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who defies the armies of God? You know, we know that Goliath was big and David was small. But because David compared himself to God, he also compared Goliath to God. See, when we compare humanity to God, we're no longer overwhelmed by humanity, we're overwhelmed by God. And the beauty of being overwhelmed by God is his heart is for your well-being and humanity's well-being. So he's the perfect being to be overwhelmed by. See, at this point, I'm no longer concerned about whether I'm holy or sinful. I just have a sense of God's immense love and goodness. See, most of life we're worried about our, our behavior, our holiness, our sinfulness and you know, how we measure up and how we, you know, how, how we stand before others. But when we catch a glimpse of God's goodness, of his immense love, 
We're no longer walking as in, in, in the weakness of humanity. We're walking in humility. The hard part is we, we discover, you know, we, we discover humility usually before we meet God. Jesus says, come all who are weary and heavy laden. You know, when you discover, um, you discover a weakness in your own life, it puts you on a search, doesn't it? And usually you discover your, hum- your, your weakness in the comparison to another person or, or you know, or, the, or in your lack. So and it causes you to feel low about yourself. So you go on a search because of your weariness or your heavy ladenness. So that's not a bad thing that you discovered. It's just the first point. And then God wants you to transition from being humbled by your life or by your experience or by the amazingness of the person next to you to being humbled by his magnificence. You see, the key to a journey is not to let one moment of the journey define you. The reason that you came to God is not your connection to God for the rest of your days. We come to God out of brokenness, but then he draws us into his family. He adopts us into his household. And when we're adopted into his household, no longer do we want to be humbled by our situation. We want to be humbled by his capacity and his greatness. And this is the beauty of being nothing before God. Being nothing before God is fine because there is no condemnation in Christ. So humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Here's the key point. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. In other words, do not limit your life by your own capacity. Most of us in life, you know, there's that great saying, don't, uh, you know, live within your means and then extend your means, which is great in the natural. But God, when, in, when it comes to spiritual, when it comes to relational, when it comes to looking at the elephants in the room, God wants you to live beyond your means. He doesn't want you to live according to your capacity. He wants you to live a life according to his capacity. Because if you're in your capacity, you will end up in pride. If you're in his capacity, you will end up in humility. We must examine and lead our desires because they are what energize us. The desires in your life energize you more than anything else. The car you want, the friendships you want, the music you like, they, you know, the, the, the house you want, where you want to live. They, they energize, those things in the natural energize us. So we need to actually take them. We need to examine them and we need to be in charge of them. Otherwise, they will be in charge of us. So we consider this, whether we have moved more for our own ends than for the glory and honor of God. It's a challenging question for each of us to ask, isn't it? Am I moved by the giving glory to God or am I moved by my own ends? He's saying, well, if you're moved by me, if you seek my kingdom first, then all these things that, you're, that you've been naturally desiring for, I will add them up to you anyway. Seek me first. Seek my kingdom first. Give me glory first. goes on in first in first peter may the god of grace who called us to his eternal glory by jesus christ after you have suffered a while perfect establish strengthen and settle you 
To him be the glory and the dominion forever. Amen. It says here that he will, he will perfect us. May he perfect us. How does God perfect us? You know, we know that this speaks, you know, he says, after you've suffered a little while, and he, he, he talks about those things happening. So, we, you know, there's a general understanding that this is, we suffer a little while while we're on earth, and then when we receive um, eternal life and, 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 and we're living in his kingdom, that those things will happen. But there's also the prayer where we say, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. God is in the process of perfecting us now. Um, and, you know, and he said, we're, we're in a kingdom that is almost but not yet. You know, we seek it now and we catch glimpses of his kingdom. So he's perfecting you. He's perfecting you now. He's perfecting your humility now. And how does he do that? He does that by giving us the revelation of his supreme goodness. The revelation of his supreme goodness and his abundant love for you. We have a perfect humility in those moments that our lack is seen in the light of God's magnificence. When our lack is seen in the light of God's magnificence. Why? Because our lack is immediately covered by his greatness. When your lack is seen in the light of someone else's plenty, their plenty doesn't actually make up for your lack. When your bank account is compared to to someone else's bank account, their bank account doesn't top yours up. But when you see it in the light of God, his favor is upon you, his blessing is upon you, his mercy is upon you. Let me just read the story quickly of Elisha and the widow. Second Kings 4 says this. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys and his slaves. Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me what to do. What do you have in your house? He said, your servant has nothing there at all. She said, except a small jar of oil. Elisha said this, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't just ask a few. Then go inside, shut the door behind you and your sons and pour oil into all the jars. And as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons and they brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. And then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. Amazing story. You know, when we take communion, the Apostle Paul says, examine yourselves. Why? We're always examining ourselves. I don't know about you. I'm always examining myself. Every time I say something, I have to examine it and then I have to repent to the church the next week because of the joke I said about my wife last week or someone. We're always comparing ourselves. Oh, how are we going compared to, to um, the church down the road? Or how is my house compared to my neighbor's house? Or is you know, my dad's better than your dad? Or you know, whatever, the, whatever we do, we're, we live in this examining of ourselves space. So why, why does Paul say, as we take communion, examine yourself? 
Here's this scripture again. And your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. You see, like the, the widow's creditor, the enemy points out an area of lack in our lives so we become fearful. The enemy goes straight to you and goes, you got something that you owe me. You've lacking in this area. He points out areas of lack in our lives. You see, there's a message here. When the enemy says to Josh, this area of your life is lacking. I've got two choices. If I'm humbled by man, I begin to worry and I go to and I go and 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 seek help. And I go and and and, and try to solve the thing myself. If I'm humbled by the greatness of God, this is what I can say to the enemy. Thank you for showing me. I appreciate you you uh you reminding me of the area of lack. I wonder if there's other areas I haven't submitted to God yet. Maybe I'll go and see my neighbours and see if they've got any empty areas in their lives that we can submit to God as well. You see, when we're humbled by God, the accusation of the enemy, the accusation of man is not a negative, it's actually a positive. Well, thank you. I didn't realise I was a grumpy old so-and-so. Maybe I'll submit my attitude to Christ today. Thank you for reminding me that I, that I forgot to pay that bill. I wonder if I've forgotten to pay any other bills. Here, in the moment of communion, remembering the great sacrifice of Jesus, we can examine ourselves without comparison to mankind and with complete confidence that no matter how many empty areas we have in our lives, his love, his mercy, his grace, his covenant will fill them all. Bible says God is coming back for a spotless bride. Perfect. Spotless means perfect. I don't know about you if you're an, if you're if you're an Italian and you eat spaghetti, you cannot eat spaghetti with a white shirt on. Because it is not spotless. Life makes us unspotless. You can be doing great things and, and in your humanness, you can get spots on you. You are, you are not perfect in your humanness. He says he's coming back for a spotless bride, not because he's coming back for you to be perfect. He's coming back for you to acknowledge that he is perfect and before him you are nothing. God wants a humble church. He wants a church that recognizes their nothingness before him so that he can fill them. Not their nothingness before each other because there's no answer to that question. You're nothing because it's between you and your neighbor. How do you answer that question other than striving and working and, and, and relentlessly trying to achieve? But when you're nothing before God, as soon as you accept your nothingness, you get the revelation that in him you can do all things. And when you accept your nothingness before Christ, you realize that in reality, everybody is nothing before him. So your humility points to the fact that before God, it doesn't matter whether you're facing Goliath, a prime minister, the head of education, the the greatest businessman in your area, your boss, your wife, your husband, your children, whoever's boss in your life, one of those will be. 
We no longer fear them because before God, we're all nothing. And the beauty is without him, we can do nothing anyways, but with him, we can do all things. So humility, it's not weakness. When we acknowledge our lack of worth before God, we're no longer, we're no, we're, we might be acknowledging our weakness, but we're partnering now with his strength. You see, first thing you need to do is, be, is, is to imitate Christ. How do we imitate Christ? We allow the, 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 the accolades of humanity to die with us. Jesus died. He did some amazing things when he, when he was alive, Jesus. He healed some people, raised some people from the dead. He cast out some demons. He had some amazing conversations with people. He gave one of the great sermons of all time. He, he did some amazing things. But it wasn't until he died that God got to, in one foul swoop, rescue all of humanity. You see, when you compare your life to humans around you, you look pretty good in some rooms. You look pretty average in other rooms. But when you allow yourself to die before Christ, when you allow your reputation to be laid down like Jesus was, you can step into any room with boldness, even in your lack, because you go in the name of Jesus, whose name is above every other name. Humility is the greatest strength that you can have in your life. You just need to make sure that your humility comes from the right source. If your humility comes from the words of man, then you're in trouble. If your humility comes from a revelation of the magnificence of God, then you're walking in a freedom and a boldness to do some of the greatest things that could ever be done because you're walking in his strength and his capacity. Why doesn't the band jump up? I guarantee in any room, and this room included, there's people feeling the weight of comparison to people. Some of you are feeling your lack, your lack of influence, your lack of intellect, your lack of beauty, your lack of finance, your lack of a relationship. In comparison to people, there are many areas that we can judge ourselves quite harshly. But today, today is an opportunity to make a new comparison. When we choose Christ as our saviour, we, we, we shift in where our life is compared. No longer do I choose to compare myself to the decisions of my yesterday. No longer do I do I today choose to compare myself to the environment that I live in today? As I accept Christ as my saviour, I choose to compare myself to the king of all kings. And in my realisation of my nothingness and his magnificence, I see him pour out fresh oil. I see him pour out fresh grace, fresh hope, fresh mercy, fresh truth fresh abundance. Every area of my life is lacking. He says, bring it to the table and I will pour oil in it. I will pour hope in it. And we accept the comparison to the king of all kings. He knows our low point. And at your low point, what does he do? He gives you his love. 
He's already given you the sacrifice of his son. And when you accept him, he wants to baptize you in his Holy Spirit so that you walk in his comfort and in his power and in his authority every day of your life. If those who are handing out communion could do that this morning, that would be great. If that's you this morning, if that's you this morning and you've been living in the comparison of man for too long, you've been judging yourself harshly because of your situation, because of your decisions, because of your lack, I just want to pray with you this morning. If that's you, why don't you put your hand on your heart? Father, for every heart that has a hand up this morning, for everyone who has allowed the human condition to define their hope, for anyone who's allowed the, the, the lack in their own life to define their peace, we surrender to you afresh. We thank you that, Lord, in our lack you have everything. We thank you that in, in, that in your grace we have ultimate sufficiency of life. So we surrender to you. Lord, we ask, Father, right now, as we take communion right now, Lord, we ask that you would give us the revelation of your magnificence. Lord, give us a glimpse today, Father, of your greatness. Give us a glimpse today of your size, Lord. Give us a glimpse today of your kingdom, Father, like we never have before. Lord, we we ask that your Holy Spirit would lead us into truth, Lord, that we may know true humility, perfect humility. You know, some of you out there don't know Christ as your saviour. And in this moment, today is the day you can, re- you can receive Christ as your saviour. You can step out of that life of comparison with man and into that life of communion with God. If that's you this morning, surrender your heart to him now. Surrender your heart to him now, church. Why don't we all pray this prayer together? I don't want to raise hands. I just Before we take communion, I want us to be able to clear the room, clear the room of unbelief, clear the room of lack, clear the room of hopelessness before the King of all kings. So pray with me, Father in heaven. We glorify your name. We submit to you our lack, our sin, our unbelief, our hopeless situation, what people have said, what we have said, And this morning, we acknowledge your magnificence. We acknowledge your grace. We acknowledge the sacrifice of Jesus. We believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that you are the Lord. You are the Savior. And the Lord has raised Jesus from the dead. We receive you afresh and you are our comparison. You are our strength. You are our hope in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Church, why don't you take the bread in your hand this morning? Let's bow our heads.
Father, as we take this bread and we examine our hearts, we bring to you right now our grief, our sadness, our transgression, our iniquities, our rebellion, Lord. We bring to you our thoughts, our selfishness, our sickness, our unbelief. And we surrender it to that moment at the foot of the cross where your body was broken for us. Let's eat together, church. And as we take the cup in our hand, we're reminded of that new covenant. We're reminded of our new family. We're reminded of our new life. Reminded of our new hope. And we glorify you today as we accept afresh this day your mercy, your grace, your healing, your love. Let's drink together. We surrender ourselves to you today, Lord. We surrender this church to you. As we step into an AGM, we surrender our resources to you. As we step into lunch, Father, we submit our relationships to you. And we say, Father, may our strength come from you alone. May our hope come from you alone. May our worth come from you alone. And may our righteousness come from you alone. We glorify your mighty name and we are humbled in your presence. And Father, we give you permission to rise us up whenever you will. We ask that your will would be done in our lives and that your name be praised in our lives and that this community may see you through our lives, not because of anything that we've done, because of everything that you have done. Why don't you stand with me this morning, church? We're going to worship church. And we've talked about humility and the beauty of humility in God is that, that, that a fresh shout comes in us around those people around us. So I ask, Lord, as, I ask church as we sing this song, as we consider the greatness of God, let's allow, let's allow his magnificence to define our participation in this song. Let's allow his name to define the shout that's in our mouth. Let's give him all the glory and the praise. Come on, church, let's worship. We hope you've enjoyed this teaching that you've been encouraged and challenged. To stay up to date with our latest messages, you can subscribe to our podcast. For more information, resource or service times, please check out our website at noosa.church.